Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. Hey everyone, good morning and welcome to House Church Online. I'm Pastor Brenda. If we haven't had the opportunity to meet in person before, thanks for joining us today. We are uh, really happy to have you here and I'm happy to be with you in your home today. And we are going to be closing out our series on hearing God today. This is the last um, sermon or message in this series. And um, what I want to actually address today are some questions that I've heard just in conversation with some of you about hearing God in terms of how it applies to His will for our lives or our purpose. And, you know, every single one of us has a desire for purpose that is sort of hardwired into our soul. It's not wrong to long to have some significance in the big plans of God and to have a purpose for our life that is bigger than ourselves, that actually contributes to something bigger. God actually created us for this. And many people, unfortunately, I see so many people who sort of get stalled out or spin out on trying to understand what their purpose is. And so I wanna address this today in this message of how would you know what God's will is for you or His purpose for your life. And I feel like a lot of times we're waiting for this, you know, grand call from God, like He's got this huge, big thing He wants for us to do, but I actually feel like His purpose for us is much more ordinary and sort of everyday. We're gonna experience it through our everyday relationship and conversations with Him. And so I want to just unpack this concept today. And like I said, the desire for purpose is not a bad thing. God wired us like this. And in the garden, when Adam and Eve were walking and talking with God every day, I'm sure that He was talking to them about their purpose. They had a significant place in creation and God had given them the orders and given them the directive or purpose, if you will, to rule and reign in the garden. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. That was really their purpose. It was clear and concise. And through their communion and conversations daily with with God, they were actually able to walk out their purpose within the confines of the Garden of Eden. Now, tragically, the fall came along. And not only did we lose our connection with God, we actually lost that clarity and actually like the preciseness, I guess I wanna say, of our purpose. And so ever since then, I feel like we've been spinning out trying to figure out what is my purpose? What is God calling me to do? How do I fit into His kingdom? What are the assignments He has for my life? I hear so many people ask these sort of questions. How can I know what God's will and purpose is for me? We are on this 
endless pursuit of purpose that actually, I think, feels like sometimes it is um, sort of out there somewhere beyond what we're able to comprehend. Like, we just can't put our finger on it. And I, it's really sad to me that people just sort of sit and spin in this place in their lives of longing for purpose, but never really taking any steps forward or feeling like they can actually clarify it or decide what it is they should be doing for God. This is a really sad place to be. And I don't believe God intended for you to be there at all. I don't think that your purpose is meant to be a mystery. I think it's actually really clear in scripture what our purpose as believers is, what God has called us to do, and how he engages with us through communication and communion with him to uh, accomplish the things he wants to accomplish for his kingdom. It's not meant to be a mystery. Now, the world around us will tell us that we are meant to, you know, follow our dreams and build our own sort of kingdom sort of around ourselves, that we have this, this power, this capacity to be able to do that. But I believe that outside of the presence of God, we are not capable of a whole lot. And we will be sorely disappointed in our lives if we focus only on our own ability and our own giftedness, rather than leaning in to what God has for us and following His plan for our lives. So your purpose was never meant to be a mystery. And here's the thing, I feel like this is so important for us to remember. We often want to do great things for God. We want to be those people who do great exploits for God. But our purpose is not so much in what we do for God, but what God does for us. And I feel like that's like the shift that so many people need to make in how they are discerning God's plans and purposes for their life. That it's not so much focused on me, what I bring to the table, what I have to offer God, what I can do for Him, but rather it's all about what God can do for me, what He does in my life and through my life. And it begins with the transformation of my own life. And, you know, this isn't glamorous. It's, it's not what a lot of people want to hear. It's kind of boring and mundane. It's just everyday stuff. But we actually will find our purpose in the everyday. And as your life is being transformed in every area, as it is restored and redeemed and renewed, then God's power is able to work in those areas of our life so that we become more like Christ, reflect His character and nature more in the world around us, and are able to actually carry the weight of His calling and purpose in our lives. It's this journey of growth that we're on. And I feel like that's the most important part of our purpose, is allowing God to transform us from the inside out into the kind of people that he can use for great exploits in his kingdom. I want to read a scripture to you from Colossians 1. It's starting in verse 25. And Paul is talking here and he says, 
I became its servant. He's talking about the church. I became a servant by the commission of God. God gave me to fully proclaim the word of God, the mystery that was hidden from the ages and generations, but is now revealed to his saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of the mystery, which is this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He goes on to say, we proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I labor, striving with all my energy working, or sorry, with all his energy working powerfully in me. What's Paul saying here? He's saying the reason I was called into ministry, the reason that I write letters to you and I preach to the churches is to actually help you to understand this glorious mystery of the gospel is that Christ lives in you and he wants to transform your life for his glory. And he does that by perfecting us in Christ, by making us more into the image or the likeness of Christ. That's how he's always working in our lives. And I love how Paul refers to this as the mystery that was hidden from the ages. No one saw this coming. The enemy had no idea what God had planned when he started back with Abraham in building his nation, the Israelites. That would just be a foreshadowing of what he really wanted to do, which was through Jesus to bring everyone, all of mankind, back into connection and relationship with him so that we could regain and reignite our true purpose, which is to expand the kingdom of God here on earth. The enemy thought he just had to get rid of Jesus. He thought, man, this guy shows up and everything is starting to get stirred up and active. I gotta get rid of him so I can stop this thing. What the enemy couldn't see and what he didn't know is that God had a plan. And that plan was through the death and resurrection of Jesus. He was going to release that spirit to indwell inside of mankind. And all we have to do is receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. Now we have to surrender ourselves to his work. We need to be aware that he's there and longing to work inside of us, or it's not gonna do us any good that he's there. But this, this is the hope. Had the enemy seen this coming, man, he the Bible says he never would have killed Jesus. This is so powerful, this concept that the spirit of Christ is released for every single human being to walk and carry within their lives, that our connection to God is restored and we can actually learn and know our purpose, that we can grow in our likeness to Christ and actually begin to become the kind of people who can carry the calling and kingdom assignments that God has for us, that he planned for us long ago. I don't know about you, but I've, I wanna grow into that person that God longs for me to be. 
I want to grow into the person that he sees. With all the potential, he looks into our lives and sees great things for us, far beyond what we ever see for ourselves. I don't want to disappoint him ever. So I want to lean in and surrender fully to the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in me. What a powerful message that is. It's no wonder the enemy tries so hard to confuse us and to get us off track and to get us pursuing selfish things. He would love that because he knows the power that we have when we understand that the Spirit of God lives in us and longs to transform our lives. When you get a hold of that truth, nothing will be able to stand in your way. So here's the thing about your purpose. I hope you're taking notes today. I want you to write this down. You have a twofold purpose, a two-part purpose. The first is that you are transformed into the character and nature of Christ, that your life comes under the lordship and the hand of Jesus, and that little by little, bit by bit, you allow him to transform you into his image. That's your first and foremost calling. That is your first purpose. And if we could just stay focused on that, we would be great, but there's more. The second part is that as you allow God to transform you, as you allow him to work in your life and change you, then you're able to walk in greater and greater assignments in a greater capacity of the things that he has for you to carry, the unique things, the special things that he has for you to carry in his kingdom. Your story, your experiences, all of the things that make up your life are a unique set that God can use and are valuable to the work of his kingdom. But if we don't do the work of surrendering ourselves first, to be conformed into the character of Christ and be transformed from the inside out, I feel like we'll never be able to walk in all the amazing things that God has planned for us. So I wanna give you five key areas today, five areas where God is transforming your life. And I feel like pretty much everything I can think of that he's done in my life and how I see him work in other people's lives would fall under these five categories. So if you've got your pens, here's the list for you. First, he is securing our identity. This is giving us the assurance of who we are in Christ. It's anchoring our identity in eternity, in the fact that we are chosen and loved children of God, and that we can walk out into the world with confidence because God is on our side. He's teaching us to be secure in our identity in Him. Secondly, He's strengthening our character. He's teaching us to be people of integrity so that we can be trusted, so that when we go out and we begin to do things for Him, we don't, you know, fall off into moral failure or end up spinning out in some way, that we actually have the stability and integrity of character to carry the calling and assignment that He has for us. The third one is that he works to renew our minds. He's always teaching us of the truth. Andrew talked about this, um, I think last week, where he was saying that using that scripture about renewing our minds, that 
There are formed habits of thought, trains of thought that we have that are broken and far outside of what God would want us to be thinking about ourselves and the people around us and about Him for that matter. And so we need to allow our minds to be renewed so that we can carry and handle the truth of who God is and what He says about us. He's inviting us into a journey to stretch our faith. As you become a person of great faith, you tend to carry the uh, principles of God and the promises of God with expectancy and hope. We become the kind of people who are always looking for the activity of God. We're always looking to see what God is going to do because we've learned to expect Him to show up in every circumstance. And so He'll use things in our life to stretch our faith so that we're growing in that area and have a greater capacity to believe for more. He's also, um, lastly, this is number five, going to test our faithfulness. God wants to know that he can trust us with big things. And so little by little in small things, he's testing us and he's testing our nature and character. He's wondering, are we going to be obedient and faithful to the things he asks us to do? So he'll start with small things and build that into bigger things because he's testing our faithfulness and seeing if we're going to be obedient to the things he asks us to do. So those are five key areas that God is growing you. And those are the things that I think we need to be focused on and concerned about. Not so much about the great, big, awesome plans he has for your life, but listening and focusing in on these key things. And listen, God's motivation for doing this, his motivation for transforming your life is always, always love. Love for you and love for the people around you who need to see your life transformed and would actually see the glory of God and come to know Him when they see your life changed before their very eyes. His motivation is always love. God has so much in store for you. I believe that. I believe He has more than you could ever imagine on your own, ready and prepared for you. But if he laid it all on you at once, I believe it would crush you. It's that big and that great. And so it's out of kindness that he chooses to patiently and carefully transform us into the kind of people who can carry the weight of the calling and assignments that he has for us. It's his kindness that does that for us. You know, I feel like someone needs to hear this today. Um, just as I was preparing my notes, I felt so strongly that I need to say this. Someone, you're banging on the doors of opportunity and you're so frustrated that things aren't happening quicker and they're not opening up in front of you. And you're starting to feel like God maybe doesn't hear you or doesn't understand what's going on in your life. And, you, and there's some frustration maybe starting to set in. Can I just say this over you? It's his kindness that is keeping you from rushing into something you're not ready to carry yet. It's his kindness that does that. Listen, I feel like I have a gift to communicate, but it's not my giftedness that God is concerned about. It's my character. And I am so grateful that he chose 
to keep my gift concealed in small, more private places until he grew within me the strength of character to be able to step out onto a public stage, to be able to step into a greater capacity and calling. That's his kindness. He's not trying to derail the plans for your life. He's not trying to stifle you or hold you back. It's because he loves you and he is gentle and kind that he wants to walk you carefully into the things that he has planned for you in your future. I don't know who needs to hear that today, but I feel like I just had to share that from my heart. You know, God is much more concerned about um, our heart than our giftedness. And I want to talk about this just for a sec because, you know, often I think we look at purpose and we look at the assignments of the kingdom of God and we think that those who are most gifted are and talented, those who have great special abilities would be the ones who are chosen to do great things for God. But that's not how God looks at things at all. God looks at the heart. We saw this clearly displayed in the story of David when, you know, God said, I'm not looking at the outward appearance. You can't judge or pick the next king based on what you see on the outside because I'm looking at a heart. And David had a heart that was after God, the Bible says. His heart was firm and securely after the things of God. And God said, he may not look like a king right now while he's a teenage shepherd boy. He may not look like a king, but his heart is turned towards me more than anyone else I see around him. And I know I can use him and build the character into his life so that he can carry the calling and anointing of being a king. And God took a young shepherd boy and he equipped him to be a king. And I believe that's what he's doing in your life too. When he looks at you, he's not necessarily looking for your gifts and your talents and your abilities, all those amazing things you wanna bring to him. He's looking at your heart and going, is this someone who I can use? Is this someone who I can actually work with and transform? Is their heart soft and surrendered to my Lordship? Are they gonna listen when I'm prompting them to change this, to renew their mind, to strengthen their character, to do all of those things? Are they gonna walk with me and work with me in that so that I can equip them to accomplish all of the things that I have called them to. That's what God's looking for. Man, you know, in leadership, when I'm looking at leaders who, who will lead under me and volunteers, I'm looking for heart much more than I am giftedness. I'm looking at people's heart and going, are they teachable? Are they humble? Are they willing to admit that they were wrong and to change and to grow? That's what I'm looking for in a good leader. I'm not looking for you to be perfect or to have all of the, the giftedness in the world. I couldn't care less if your heart isn't in the right place. And I believe that that's what God needs too, our hearts to be soft and surrendered after His will. And whether that is just years of conforming our character before we ever step out and do anything, you know, amazing or what we think is a great exploit for God, that we're going to allow him to work in those deep places of our lives. Another sort of thing about God is that he, he doesn't necessarily want to work 
as much in the areas of our strengths. And this is another thing that's really hard for us, I think, to get our head around because we want to bring our strengths to God. We want to bring Him our giftedness and abilities, and we want to bring Him all of these strengths. That's easy to bring and surrender to God. But what He actually wants us to surrender to Him is our weakness in the broken places of our lives so that He can transform them into a place where He can work and move and that His glory and goodness can be seen, that His love can be on display for the world. He's much more concerned about working with our weakness than He is our strengths. Our strengths will always be strengths. But it's those places of weakness, when we actually allow Him to work there, then the glory of God and the goodness of God shines through. It's an intrusive place in our life where He can come in with His story of redemption and kindness and show it to the world. Paul learned this lesson when he talked about the thorn in his side. And I want to read this scripture from 2 Corinthians uh, 12, starting in verse 7. This is what Paul said. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is sufficient. It's all you need and my power works best in weakness. This is a key. So now Paul says, I am glad to boast about my weakness, not my strengths. I'm not here to boast about the strengths that I have. I'm here to boast about my weakness because in my weakness, the power of Christ can work through me. Paul learned a really valuable lesson with this thorn in his flesh. He learned that God wasn't necessarily as concerned with his strengths. Those are great, and he will use them for his kingdom, no doubt. But it's those areas of weakness that keep us humble and that keep us needing the power of God working in us. It's our areas of weakness where the power of God is best able to shine through for others to see. And so it's our weakness where we need to invite the presence of God in to work through us. Like I said before, I have a gift to communicate the word of God. But if I haven't allowed God to work in the broken places of my life, if I haven't allowed him to work in my weakness, I have nothing of value to say. It's actually the deep work that God does in us that gives us something that's inspirational and hopeful to give to other people. If he can work on the stage of my mess and the mess that I make out of my own life, he can work in your life too. That's the hope that we have. That's that, you know, just amazing thing that God does in us. And he wants to use our weakness, I believe, desires to use our weakness as a stage for his strength and his glory and his purposes for his kingdom. So we can't 
only bring our strengths to God and say, God, I'll give you this and this. You know, these are strengths in my life. I'm going to bring them to you. (laughs) No, he actually wants all of us. The good, the bad, and the really ugly. The places we want to hide, the things we don't want to talk about, those are the best places for God's love to reach in and transform us into the kind of people that he can use for his kingdom. Purpose isn't about you getting any glory. It's about our lives bringing glory to him. This is a really important point as well, because a lot of times when we are seeking purpose, when we are looking to have a purpose in our lives and seeking and desiring this, it can get a little off base and unhealthy if we're actually seeking and desiring it for our own glory. If we're looking to show people our strengths and abilities and talents, if we're looking to put them on display, that isn't really useful for God's kingdom. It's in the broken places, the things that we've surrendered and worked through, where God can really show His glory. Man was never meant to carry or hold glory. And if you haven't got the character and nature of God built into you so that you can release any glory that comes your way to Him and and reflect it and turn it back on Him, you're not ready for ministry. You're not ready for a public stage. I'm sorry. It would be unkind for God to actually give you opportunities if your character can't sustain what He's calling you to. Some of you have amazing giftedness and and amazing talents for the kingdom of God. But because you're not surrendering your heart and allowing God to work in all of those areas and bring transformation in your life, they're not being used for the kingdom the way that they could be. That is a sad fact. I meet people all of the time where I see that they, they need something transformed in their life. One of those five areas we talked about earlier. Either they need their mind renewed or they need their character strengthened or they need to allow God to grow them in the areas of faithfulness and, and to test their faith. They, they need to grow in these areas so they can walk in all that God has for them. And I look at them and I see the potential that God sees too. And I'm like, man, if you would just let God work in those places of your heart, you have no idea what he has planned for your life. We can have big plans for our life. They will never compare to what God has planned for your life. But unless we're willing to submit and surrender to the work he wants to do and listen to his voice that transforms us from the inside out, we'll never be able to walk out those things that he has in store for us. I know that it, I hope this is encouraging actually for you today and brings some clarity to this idea of having a purpose. And it comes mostly through our connectedness to God in relationship and communication with him. As we've been talking about these past weeks and hearing his voice and communicating back and forth with him, those are the places where he transforms our lives. He speaks to us about the changes that need to happen in our character, about the renewing that needs to happen in our our mind. He prompts us from the inside out so we know that those things need to change. And then we partner together with Him to walk it out and to see the change happen in our lives. I decided a long time ago 
that I was going to lean into this truth, that God has bigger things in store for me than I could ever develop or dream of on my own. And it's not my job to figure it all, all out. It's my job to surrender to what He wants to do. I want to read one more scripture for you. It's from 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 to 9. And again, this is Paul talking. And he's talking about that, that glory that I was talking about, that um, light of God shining through our lives. And this is just a beautiful depiction of how that happens. So I want to read this with you. Again, it's 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 6. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are hunted down, but we are never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. This is what happens. This kind of famous piece of scripture, you've probably heard it before, that the, the glory and the light of God is contained in fragile, broken earthen vessels that in our heart there's this treasure of the light of Christ that needs to be released and get out into the world. And it's through the transformation that that treasure does inside of us that makes us strong enough to be able to stand against every pressing and perplexity, against every opposition, against anything that would want to stand in our way. But we need to allow God to change us into the character and nature of someone who can hold all of those things. Your, you may feel like your vessel is really broken, and that's okay. We all are. We all are. It's just some of us have allowed God to work in those places and bring restoration and healing and to take us further and to actually restore those places and redeem them. So we need to allow that treasure. We need to allow the light of God to change us so that we can carry the assignments and calling that He has for us. I know this message has been you know, fairly simple, but I hope that it's actually encouraging to you as we end this series in hearing God that you're not, you know, necessarily way out there in wanting to have purpose. God designed you for purpose, but your purpose is not a destination. It's a journey. And you are going to get there by surrendering your heart in every way to how God wants to work in you. It's the first step. We all want to be a vessel. We don't all want to be the clay in God's hands, being molded and shaped 
into the vessel he can use for his glory. God wants to work in your life. Honestly, I believe this, that he has more for you than you could ever think or imagine. But unless you surrender to his careful hand of transformation, you'll never walk in all the things that he has planned for you. And that's sad to me. It's sad that there's so much wasted potential in the kingdom of God, that there's so many people who can't um, get past it or can't understand or they just stall out because it's hard. Yeah, it's hard sometimes. It's hard sometimes to allow the Spirit into those broken places to transform us, but we must do this in order to move forward in our purpose and calling and do all of the things that God planned for us long, long ago. At the end of this message, I just wanna pray over you today that this would be so solidified in your heart that you would understand your purpose and calling, that you wouldn't be looking for something you know, searching for something you can never put your finger on that's always a little bit beyond your reach. That's not how God intended it to be. But if we're able to just focus on what does God, what is God asking of me today? What is he, how is he strengthening me today? How is he working in my character today? And don't worry about the future. He'll open the doors when you are good and ready to walk through them. And there'll be no mistake that there are open doors in front of you when they open. You don't have to beat down that door yourself. In fact, you probably don't even want what's on the other side of it. You think you do. You think you can handle it. You think you want what's over there. God knows what's best. Lean into Him and His wisdom and understanding and just take step by step as we go. Father, I just thank you for your presence right now over every home and every person listening to my voice. You have designed us for a purpose, to carry your kingdom into the world around us, but it begins with the transformation of our own heart. God, would you teach us to allow you to work in us? I pray that right now over every single person, you would just whisper over their heart the thing that you are doing right now. Remind them of the work that you're doing right now in their life. I believe you are always active and always working in our lives. So show us, where are you working right now? What are you doing right now? How can we lean into you and receive what you have for us right now today? Not hoping and looking always to the future, but actually able to lean in with expectancy and hope and receive what you have for us today. We put our lives and our hearts fully surrendered in your hands. We ask that you would lead and guide us into every kingdom assignment you have planned for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church at and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.